0: Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the diet frozen yogurt bar went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I am your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robinson, And that was the perfect sound for this. I love it. Uh, just to let everybody know, we are still diverging from our usual comics reviews because I have with me two, yes two amazing creators folks. They have a Kickstarter going right now for a project called Bardic Versus. I have with me the writer and artist for this, Matthew Sumo and Pete Collins. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for being here, guys. So, just to let everybody know, this is a fantasy comic, which is definitely right in my wheelhouse, if anybody knows anything that I like. Uh, Bardic Versus is, as I said, written by Matthew, or do you prefer Matt? Uh, Matt's fine. Okay. Well, Bardic Versus is written by Matt Sumo and illustrated by P. Collins. And has some lettering by Matt Krotzer or is it Kroetzer?
1: Krotzer, yeah.
0: Okay. And uh, I got to tell you, folks, this is going to be a good one, but we're here to get to know these guys. So, uh... Matt, Pete, hey, how did you guys get started in comics?
1: Pete, hey, you want to go first?
2: Um, I guess yeah. My my story is not <laughs> not super interesting. Um, this is actually my first project, uh, or I should say my first full project. Um, Matt and I met at our day job, and um, you know I was hearing, hey, there's this guy that has written comics. You, you guys should connect. Um, a lot of people at our day job know that I like to draw. Um, and it was actually those drawings that Matt was seeing around the the office. Uh, and he was at the same time I was hearing about him asking, Hey, who drew that? Who did this? And, uh, we ended up connecting at our company Christmas party that year. And, um, he was working on an anthology series called kayfabe volume three at the time. And asked if I was interested in submitting for a pinup, which was printed in the book, Uh, and that's, that's where I, I kind of got the fever. So, um, since then it's been full steam ahead to try and do something. And this is, this is my first project. Cool. Cool.
1: Um, for me, uh, my, my story is a little bit longer. Um, I've been doing comics for about 12 years now. Uh, I started in 2009 with a one shot that I wrote and self-published, um, kind of use that as my resume, uh, to get me, I got hired at a publisher that is, has since folded, um, called double take comics. There I wrote a book, uh, wrote five issues of a series called dedication about a bunch of kids working the overnight shift at a grocery store during the night of the living dead. Um, (laughs) after they folded, um, I just did like, and like said, anthologies here and there. Um, Smaller, like one-page um, comics, just to like you know keep the keep the muscle working, keep writing, keep producing stuff. Um, the one of the last anthologies that I was uh, featured in called Deadbeats uh, from a Wave Blue World uh, was nominated for a Ringo Award last year, um, and yeah, this is my first uh, like long-form creator-owned and uh, my first foray into Kickstarter. So it's been kind of interesting.
0: Wow. A lot of firsts for you guys so uh what would you both consider your major influences
1: my my biggest influences are uh brian bendis um brian k vaughn the two bryans matt fraction uh, uh to a lesser extent jeff johns when he was writing um t titans i was big into that um I, I'm just like I, I'm really interested in in dialogue. I, I like fun dialogue. I feel like that makes the comic uh fun to read. You know, back in like the uh I would say like I guess the silver age, like the dialogue in comics was like all like they, all those characters like kind of sounded the same, like it was kind of hokey. Um I feel like, you know, you read a Brian Bendis like Ultimate Spider-Man, and um that dialogue was like fun to read because they all sounded like people you knew right like it it just sounded like natural dialogue for those characters all the characters didn't sound the same um so so that was big those were big influences on me uh just for dialogue wise and, and just um how fun those their books were to read in general like outside of the dialogue um for sure definitely like matt fractions run on hawkeye um if anyone hasn't read that uh if you read comics I feel like that should be like, um, you know, that should be like one of the first comics you read when you know if if you're looking to get into comics, like you should definitely start with that book. That book's incredible. Mm.
2: Totally, totally.
1: My my
2: my, a lot of my influences come from uh, '90s art. To be honest, where um, my grandparents owned a hobby shop when I was in middle school, uh, and they had some spinner racks, and that's kind of how I got introduced into comics um as a whole anyway. I mean, I had a few comics, you know, earlier than that, but this was kind of like what that was my deep dive in, you know, and it was uh it was Jim Lee's X-Men run, uh McFarlane on Spider-Man, uh Image coming into its own. So it was very much it was a great time to be a uh, a kid looking at looking at the pictures anyway. Um since then I I pull a lot of a lot of influence kind of Kind of from all over the board. Uh, Ryan Oatley is one of my favorites. Um, I do enjoy um, Alex Ross, although that's, you know, you, to say those two names back to back, it's like <laughs> polar opposites. But
0: um, I do pull pull from a lot of places. Okay. And have you two always been fans of fantasy comics? Hmm.
1: Uh, that's a great question yeah like i have read like conan like here and there like when i was probably when i wasn't old enough to read it um uh, yeah i dabbled in a little bit of um Zub's skull kickers um i Mm -hmm. i've read uh karen gillen's die at image which is a great book um so I I definitely like dabbled in it. It wasn't like my biggest, you know, I was into like the cape stuff and and uh obviously like the older I got and the more I got into working on comics, I've been like big into indie stuff because you meet creators you read, you end up reading their stuff. Um but yeah, I was I dabbled in it, I'll I'll say. Yeah, pretty much
2: the same. Um, you know, it, it, for, for the longest time it was always superhero stuff. Um, I, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons in like the like the the mid '90s, late '90s, and there were a couple of comic book titles that were out around the time, um, that you know I had found some interest in, which I don't think they lasted very long. Like I, I want to say one of them was like was called like Darklands or something, um, and it was very like uh you know Americanized manga style art. Um, I have read a bunch of old Conan comics. Um, I used to have, a a good healthy stack of like the prestige format, uh, books that they, that they released, you know, Savage Sword of Conan. It's like a big reprint. It's almost like newspaper size. Um, so I, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed them. Uh, unfortunately I don't think that fantasy comics as a whole, um, tend to last long, at least not in the, not in the current era, you know, um, Skull Kickers was great, but it was short lived, you know, um. And there's there's plenty of examples of that. It, it, even like current Red Sonia, it seems like, you know, that that gets refreshed or rehashed every so often. Um, but I do I do find myself gravitating to them, um, and certainly nowadays it's just more indie stuff than it is you know Spider Man or X Men or whatever.
0: Okay. Well, according to the Kickstarter the bardic versus is a comic about a bard trying to escape the shadow of legacy. It's a love letter to sword sorcery and comics, which I can agree with that latter half based on the preview. So where did you get the idea for bardic versus?
1: Um, I mean, we we were kind of workshopping like the different things we wanted to work on, uh, around the time where the witcher, um, show was on Netflix and, um, we were just talking about that bard character. Like I, I thought he was like, you know, he's the comic relief. Like those are always the, the characters I gravitated towards. Cause I, I guess I somewhat consider myself to be the comic relief. Um, so, you know, and he had that, that awesome song. That was like an earworm in everyone's uh, ear when it, when it came out. And uh, Pete w- had told me that bards were like a, you know, a lesser utilized class in, in tabletop role-playing games. Um, you know, cause they're not, they're not the, the, the guys who get to do the fun stuff, right. Right. They're not swinging swords. They're not casting spells. Like they're just providing inspiration, uh, for the other members of their party and, 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 you know, uh, singing songs and telling stories of, of the other people who get to do all the cool stuff. So I just thought it was a fun, character to use to to tell like an underdog story right so in in the bardic verses our character is not only a bard but he is also the son of of, uh, a famous warrior and he comes from a long line of fame like all the patriarchs in his family were warriors famous warriors they all died heroically um he's not that and he has to deal with that everywhere he goes you know people are you know either Ragging on him for not picking up the, the the family business, or just like referring to him by his his vocation, like calling him Bard, not even learning his name. Um, so it was just again like a way to tell that kind of story um, in a different, you know, using a different character, a character that like again people don't really utilize otherwise. All right, and I noticed there's uh,
0: plenty of artistic references to other creators in Bardic Verses. I know for one that, you know, I noticed a strong Hanna Barbera style similar to Johnny Quest and Thundar on the flashback section about the uh Martin's dad. Uh can you let listeners know what kind of other things you've snuck in there or do we all have to wait and see?
2: No, I can I can I can I can divulge that. Uh, There is, um, so every time Martin tells a story, um, which kind of all these stories lead up to the reason why he's in this tavern playing his set in the first place. And and the story, each little story is done in an artistic, in a different artistic style. Um, We have some, uh, we pay homage to Frank Miller's Sin City. Um, There is uh, some Bill Watterson in there. Uh, we get into Ryan Oatley a little bit. Um, we do some Rob Liefeld-inspired stuff, although that's more of a parody than an homage. Um, <laughs> and uh, and there's plenty of little Easter eggs throughout the backdrop. Um, but it, the story does kind of uh, ebb and flow throughout the, in its entirety. It starts in my style. It drifts into... You know, that um, Hanna-Barbera Kirby-esque kind of an art style. And it goes back to mine and then into Frank Miller. And it it progresses along that way. Uh, There's one section of the book uh, which is actually um, Disney kind of influenced. You know, that Disney
0: animated film kind of art style, too, which is pretty fun. Oh, my gosh. Okay, since you brought up the uh, Sin City... I have to ask: Will we see more of Gary the Goblin? (laughs)
1: Uh, Yes, as a matter of fact, um, he. So Gary obviously is is a little bit of a takeoff on. um, uh, What is his name in the in the book? Uh, I know they call him that yellow uh, B word, but what is his name in the book? um, Instant City. Good question. (laughs) <laughs> I can't think of it off the top. I can't think it off the top of my head. This is what happens yeah. when I put my I put myself on the spot here. Anyway, he's based off that character, that yellow character um, from Sin City, uh, and he like just writing him like he became uh, my favorite character to write because he's just so like uh, he's just so like innocent and kind of goofy, but also like um, we get to see him uh, do battle in the book, and he he. Um, he has probably one of my favorite sequences in the book um, that I'm, I'm not going to really talk about. Cause it's, I don't want to spoil it, but um, he, he became like our favorite character and kind of like the mascot, like the unofficial mascot for the book. So um, I will say for sure, um, we do see him outside of um, the story that he debuts in uh, a maiden to smite for. We do see him later on in the book in a different story. Um, and I, I, do honestly think that we will probably see him um, if we do uh, pursue a second volume, which we have been talking about. We will probably see Gary again for sure. Oh,
0: good, good, because I was going to ask if you had plans for a second volume. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been we've been
2: batting around a few different ideas. Uh, you know, a lot of this is, uh, a lot of volume two is based on do we fund, how well is it received, and. All the things that I guess standardly come with launching uh, a new book. So um, I think you know we're we're easing into that, um, and we definitely have like some things sketched out, some ideas we batted around. So it should be pretty fun if we if we do it.
0: Well, I hope you do because I mean, from what I all I've gotten to read was A made to smite for, and that was wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, so I'm catching you guys like right here at the end of your Kickstarter, which unfortunately is all my fault. But I am that thankful. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thankful though that this Kickstarter has definitely reached its goal. But I mean, even in the last few days, there's still some stretch goals that can be met. Uh, can you tell listeners like what you have in store for them?
2: Sure. So we we originally um, in an effort to keep the campaign humble we uh we limited our tiers. you know we kept um, everything very streamlined and focused on the book you know um and when we hit when we hit our funding level we still had like two weeks or so left in our campaign and we decided to um uh, put together an impromptu stretch goal which we're currently um we're currently working toward right now and that is uh to um hit, I think it's $6,200 $6, by the end of our campaign so that we can take all of the soft cover physical copies and upgrade them to hardcover. Um, you know, that's, that's the dream, right? Is to have a hardcover, a hardcover book. So, um, I think it's totally attainable. We have at this point, uh, 10 days left. Um, and yeah, uh, we've been doing little fun things too, you know, just to, um, uh, you know, kind of spur, spur some movement and to, to gain some interest. We just, the other day, um, you know, did a, a backer push, um, with the promise that we'd randomly pick somebody that would receive a commission by me of their choosing included in with their, um, with their shipment. So we actually picked that person yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm. I hope they enjoy it. Yeah, me too.
2: Yeah, me too. I've, already, I've already got a bunch of ideas
0: <laughs> yeah, That'll be a nice surprise Okay well is there Anything else you'd like listeners to know About you or your project
1: um, Yeah I mean So again like Pete said We are stretching towards uh, Upgrading the books to hardcover um you can find the kickstarter again if you just google the bardic versus um kickstarter you'll find the link or if you go to Tbvkickstarter.com tbv is the initials for the bardic Verses. um tbv kickstarter.com will bring you right to the campaign um other than that follow me on social media all my my socials are the same handle it's at matt Man begins
2: Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, we're super excited about this book. Um, it is a um, a love letter to Dungeons and Dragons, to comic books, to um, the indie comic community in a lot of ways, too. Um, and it's it, it's a labor of love. Matt and I are not taking page rates for this. This is our entire goal here is to get the book out and to get it read. That's it. So um, we really hope that we can push this to get to a hardcover uh, position. Again, that's TBVKickstarter.com. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as P-A-C, P-A-C Illustration. Feel free to follow. Uh, I promise I'm not that boring.
0: And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, before you guys get to return to your wonderful you know, mundane lives of not having to deal with me, uh, I do have a few other questions for you. These are a, a bit more uh, flavorful, but listeners have cool. come to enjoy them, and by golly, so do I. So you're awesome. stuck. Yeah, you're stuck with them, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so here on the Coffee and Comics podcast, we do really favor coffee, but we also support beverage of choice because coffee is just not necessarily for everyone. So what would you two consider your beverage of choice?
2: Ooh. Um,
0: well, I am a, a, a bit of a coffee addict,
2: honestly. Um, when, I, when I leave for work in the morning, um, I don't really have a really good local-style coffee house near me. It's either Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, so I'll take the Starbucks in that case. Um, but when I'm home... I have a pretty decent assortment um, right now. I'm really feeling uh, Rootless Coffee. Uh, their dark blend is superb if you like a nice bitter and kind of nutty flavor. That sounds nice. <laughs> it is. It's really nice. Their program's really good. It, it's like you know, 15 bucks a month, and they just keep sending you a bag. Wow. Cool. Well worth checking out.
1: Um, for me. Um, I don't really have like a beverage of choice. Uh, I drink like sometimes I'll get like really into coffee and I'll be drinking coffee every single day right now. I'm on, um, so (laughs) this is funny. The, the rock has released an energy drink called ZOA. Um, I've been drinking a lot of that. There's a pineapple coconut flavor that's very good. It's not as like harsh as like other energy drinks. Um, If I do mess around with coffee, it depends. Sometimes I'll be into Dunkin'. I'll get like a large iced blueberry um, regular coffee. Uh, Or if I go to Starbucks, it'll be like a macchiato, like a caramel macchiato or something like that. Something with some kind of flavor in it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't don't really subscribe to like one – uh beverage I'm sort of all over the road, unfortunately, <laughs> well, you know nothing wrong with that,
0: okay, folks, so they only get a little bit harder from here
1: all right so that's I'm, what i'm
0: I'm here for yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I'm gonna by the end of it, I'm gonna make you question like you know all of your upbringings here. <laughs> <laughs> I was already
2: doing that, so you're ahead of the game. <laughs>
0: All right, so question 2. Betty or Veronica?
2: Ooh. I got to go Veronica.
1: Yeah, same.
2: Yeah, she seems a little bit more sassy, a little bit more business oriented, a little bit more um, how do I put this? A little bit more demanding. I kind of like the challenge. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so Wolfman Perez Titans or Claremont Burn X Men? Oh crap!
1: Ooh, I I I have this one on lock. Uh lock. Claremont Burn X Men is is an absolute classic. I love yeah. Wolfman and Perez, but Claremont Burn X Men, like, I feel like really like shaped comics in general. Like, you talk to anybody, um, and I think they would. I think 9 times out of 10 they would Wolf and Perez Titans.
2: You know, I'm I'm literally sitting here next to an uh, an essential X-Men volume 6 and uh which has been earmarked now for about 2 months uh and is very much in need of me getting back to it I think but uh I have to agree. Um Claremont for me uh defined everything that I love about X-Men and while Certainly, you know Wolfman and Perez did the same for Titans. Titans to me never landed with the same weight that X Men did, um, but both both are outstanding. But I got to go with Claire and All
0: Alrighty, so uh, here's a question that has uh, kind of narrowed the field for answers in the last few years, but. Uh, which comic book character or series do you feel is most in need of an animated or live action adaptation?
2: Man, if you had asked me that question a year or two ago, I would have said invincible, Uh, but they've done (laughs) such a good job on that. Um, wow. Hmm. I would say skull kickers would be awesome as a, um, as like a quasi mature, you know, hard hard teen rating at the very least, um, serious animated series. I think that would be a, outstanding.
1: Um, for me, I would have said, uh, you know, maybe a year ago, I would have said, of, of course, why the Last Man live action needs a live action series or a live action movie, but we're getting it, thank God, finally. Um, oh, but. Yeah. I will say, on that same vein, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, we need an animated saga. Um, although, I don't know how they could do it, um, because it would be like a hard R rating, um, but they did Invincible, and that was pretty uh, pretty up there, so maybe like an Amazon uh, would pick up Saga and make a cartoon out of that. I mean, it, it would just be perfect.
2: Great answer.
0: Thanks, man. Okay. So, villain most in need of decaf. Uh,
2: Green Goblin.
1: Damn it, I was going to say Green Goblin. <laughs>
2: Green Goblin. Yeah, Just, it's, for sure, always, Green Goblin. He's always so high strung. It's like, I don't even remember why he's a villain anymore at this point. It's... uh you know, take take some decaf, drink some herbal tea, you know, some sleepy time tea or something. Something that's got some, you know, uh, melatonin in it and just, you know, just sleep it off a little bit, Norman. Sleep it off.
1: Do you think, like, if you look at the way, like, John Romita Jr. would draw Norman Osborn, like, out of the suit, like, he always looked like he was just, like... Ripped on on espresso, like just like <laughs> yeah. like sweating and wide eyed and like super gross looking. Like yeah, it's for sure Green Goblin without question. <laughs> okay, so who is the best
0: super pet?
1: I have this one already. Uh, that is, of course, Ace the Bat Hound, um, because he's not super. But he is uh, an amazing dog. Uh, if you've ever seen Batman Beyond, the way that dog is animated <laughs> in that, tremendous.
2: Um, you know what? It's funny. I actually just saw a Ace the Bat Hounds um, piece that somebody drew. It was like making the rounds on like, Instagram or something. Uh, and uh, it was drawn up as like a uh, a German Shepherd, which I have one of those, and I was like, "Yeah, that looks really good, man." Ace Ace is totally underrated, you know. But um, I think I have to give it to crypto just because you see crypto do more stuff, right? Like Ace is kind of underused, and I think Ace Ace or crypto carries a little bit more of a name, I guess. So. How dare you, sir. I know. <laughs> I, know.
0: <laughs>
2: I won't be able to go look at my dog
0: in the face after this. <laughs> well, all right, all right. So uh can Mighty Mouse beat up the George Reeves Superman?
1: Hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think I I would say yes to that. Yes.
0: Yes. yes.
2: It's the power of technicolor. You know, <laughs> Mighty Mouse. Ma- Mighty, mighty mess has that on
0: his. All right, now our last question here with this: Would you rather comic books be incredibly cheap, but Doctor Doom has a grudge against you, or comics are highly expensive but Doctor Doom owes you a favor?
2: Ooh, there's so many things you could do with that favor. Yeah. And Dr. Doom's no slouch either. You know, if you said Green Goblin (laughs) instead of Dr. Doom, I'd I'd just say, well, I'll go get him a decaf, and that would have been two questions in one shot. Um, I guess I think I'd rather them be expensive and have him owe me a favor. I think because I would hate to pay more than I do for some of the comics that I get that I occasionally question why am I getting this? But I think at the same time, it would help curb my already dangerous habit because I would have to cut back on my pull, my pull list a little bit. So, um, there could be that extra perk worked in there, I suppose. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I would. I think I'd do the same. I, I don't really want to be like uh, the Reed Richards or the new Reed Richards for Doom. Um, <laughs> I don't think you really want to like be uh, Public Enemy Number One with like a with a despot. But um, yeah, I think it would be fun uh, to have him owe owe me a favor because I guess I would use that to like maybe I don't know. Uh, like just fund the rest of my life after <laughs> work and then therefore like I could just like make him buy my comics. Um
2: there, there you go. go.
1: And then I'm not to it's, worry about it. It's it's required reading in uh
2: in uh, Latvia. Yeah it is. <laughs> that's that's the favor. Make 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 our books required reading in Latvia.
0: See there you go. You guys are thinking this through. Oh, well, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, Matt, Pete, you've been great guests. Uh, remind people where they can find you online and where they can find the Kickstarter. Okay. Uh,
2: I am um, any place that most people would care to look for somebody in my particular um, particular status in life uh, at PAC, PAC Illustration. Uh, so Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter primarily. Um, and the Kickstarter campaign is TBV, that's Tom, Boy, Victor, kickstarter.com.
1: And uh, I'm everywhere on the socials. Um, I usually go through this spiel on other shows, so I will do it here for continuity's sake. Uh, I can be found on MySpace, Friendster, Facebook, Instagram, Dead Journal, Live journal Match.com, at um, MattManBG. <laughs> I'm going to test all of those one day. I really am. I'm going to test them all. I mean, good luck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just plug them into the old ass Jeeves here. There you go.
1: (laughs) I I prefer Bing, actually. Um, (laughs) I'm totally kidding. No, I don't. No one does. Yeah.
0: Well, again, you guys, it has been a pleasure. And I look look forward to seeing what else we can get from you guys. Hopefully, a Bardic versus Volume 2 and any other projects you two are eager to work on. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you so much. Yep.
0: And this is where I will take the lovely break, folks. So there will be a promo for another show, probably a better show than mine, but that doesn't mean you need to quit listening to this one. So I'll take the quick break here and be back with a little bit after. You are about to see the first public exhibition of an entirely new form of entertainment. You are about to see
2: You are about to see because you demanded it. It's Treasury Cast, a podcast devoted to the greatest comics format of all time, the Treasury Edition. DC, Marvel, Archie, IDW, and more, bigger than life. It's the Treasury Cast, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, and on fireandwaterpodcast.com.
0: Hey, everybody, thanks for sticking with me. This is, of course, the feedback portion of the show, where I get to thank everybody who liked, shared, retweeted, and commented on the last episode. Last episode, if you'll remember, I got to talk to one of the guys from Bigfoot Knows Karate. That's right, Dan Price himself. And guess what, folks? We got some interesting feedback here. But first, likes and shares came from Mike Garvey, Billy Delicious, Dan Price. Bigfoot Knows Karate, you know, that that account for the comic and Kickstarter, which launches on October 13th. Hey, hey. Uh, we also got stuff from Christoph RGDZ, Ricky Z, Pat Sampson, Josh Bad Natures, Max Reads Comics, Jeff Haas, Luis Rodriguez-Artez. Been working on that, folks. Hey, hey. Uh, Secret Wars and Beyond, Josh Steen, Casey Allen, Matt Martin, Dan Bermejo, Al Sedano, Waffles, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, and Jackson Zelda. Over on Twitter, we got feedback from Ricky Z, who says, the Bigfoot Nose Karate guys are great. Glad you were able to chat with them. Yeah, me too, Ricky. We had a good time. And Jackson Zelda says, Two of my favorite things in a comic book. Sounds very interesting. Yeah, from what I've seen on a little bit of previews, that is definitely up your alley. So, that's all the feedback, but that's okay, because we ran a little long this episode, but it was worth it, wasn't it, folks? So, in the next few days, while there's still time, get out there, check out the Kickstarter for Bardic Versus. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I know I will. So, let's help these guys make their stretch goals and, you know, just get a good comic out there, folks. So, uh, just to let you know, I think I've only got one or two more episodes left before um, coming up on the winter holidays. So, you know, just just a little teaser that they're... Probably will be something big going on. So, what is it? Well, certain people know, but um, the rest of it, we'll just let that be your own little holiday present, shall we? So, until the next episode. This is going to always be, even after the next episode, this place is always going to be where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold this has been a coffee and comics production all material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use feedback can be left by emailing coffee and comics podcast at gmail.com visiting the website at coffee and comics or on twitter at coffee comics plg